Welcome to season two of episode two of Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm David Pratt along with Peter Shushecki. Okay, Peter, let's start with RRSP and TFSA. What do they what do they stand for? Help me here. Help me. Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Episode two here, Dave, is going to be a lot of acronyms being thrown at yeah. us. So we'll 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 speak slowly, but <laughs> registered retirement savings plan, and it can come in a lot of different forms. So yeah. it's it's the type of account. TFSA, tax-free savings account. And I'm going to hit you right between the eyes right away. Yeah. The most misnamed thing in Canada. It should be called a tax-free investment account because the way these things are sold and promoted by the big corps, so you know who those are, the big yeah. green guys, the blue guys, the red guys, the gold guys, yeah. it's like the little savings plans. But we're going to get into it big time in this episode of the best way to use your TFIA, um, even though it's called a TFSA according to the government, but those are just types of plans. That's all they are. It doesn't mean what the investment is in the plan at all. It can be lots of yeah. different investments. So RSP, TFSA, let's get at it. Okay, is tax deferral really tax deflecting? I mean, again, we're getting back into, into to this conversation, but I mean, I think, isn't this something that people should really fully understand? Yeah, so tax deferral is what happens with an RRSP. Right. So tax deferral is, you're, you're not tax avoidance, which people get confused about, RRSP, you're deferring the taxes to a later day. And the best way to use an RRSP is buy it when you're in a fairly high tax bracket. Maybe you're 42, 48, or BC. Thanks, John Horgan. 53.5%. <laughs> but somehow he, he seems to keep claiming we have the lowest taxes in Canada. I don't get that. But he's a politician. Yeah. So okay. those who can't go into politics. Anyways. So you're deferring taxes, but if you're in a 53% tax bracket or 42 or whatever, buy the RRSP, defer the taxes, and then spend the RRSP when you're in a 20% tax bracket. That's sure. a great way to get ahead. So that's the tax deferral. Tax deflecting is what a TFSA does. The money you put into a TFSA has already been charged tax. It came from your taxable income. But then you're deflecting the tax because the growth on a TFSA, for all intents and purposes, is tax-free. So you've deflected that tax. We can't say it's tax avoidance because the money you put in, you pay tax on. But the key to the TFSA is the growth. So why put your TFSA in something earning a quarter percent in a savings plan at the bank? Instead, when you don't even save, your tax savings isn't even enough to, for dollar drink days at Mickey D's. <laughs> I mean, put your TFSA in something with a little bite uh, okay. that's going to truly save you on tax and deflect that tax right out of the way um, just like Bo Horvat in front of the net. It's a good deflection. <laughs> See, there's a hockey reference I, for you. Good, but I'm going to take it in a different direction, okay? Because uh, when I saw all this, okay, I'm starting to think Donald Trump here, fake news. What, do, you, do you get a Donald Trump kind of kind of chill you know, when, when you see something like that? Because it is fake news from, from, from what I can see. 
Well, here's part of the, the, the RSPs are big time fake news. And, and, you know, come, God love come, come closer, come God closer. Love Donald Trump. Donald okay. Trump was onto something here with the fake news because okay. it happens because sure. in Canada, we're going to go down the RSP road, obviously first Dave. So you've led me down okay. the garden path here. Okay. There is no such thing in Canada. And here's where the fake news comes in okay. as RRSP season. People literally think that you can only buy RRSPs during RRSP season. Yeah. That's fake news. It's, it's, it's news and hype created by the big institutions to get you to buy RSPs during the last two weeks of February without researching it without doing a tax analysis of how much you really need. So we talked to episode one here, season two, about educating clients. Here's the big one. And teaching you to ask the questions you didn't even know you were supposed to ask. Just because you can buy RSPs doesn't mean you should buy RSPs. It's all part of the plan to figure out the right amount don't get dragged down the garden path of the fake news of RSP season. You create your own RSP season and buy the RSPs because you need to buy them, not because you're being told to buy them. Okay. Are there like hidden fees and all this as well? Is there, an, is there an, is anything else behind that, 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 that curtain that you're talking about? Because yeah, I, and, I, get, and, I get the sense that there's a lot more here that I don't know. You know, there's a lot more than meets the eye. There, there are all the fees that are with any investment. And, and that's not just talking about hidden fees because I, I beat up the banks all the time. But any fees for that matter. If you're buying something on impulse and your favorite word, emotion. Yes. If you're doing that, you're, what happens when you use emotion and money? You make the wrong decision. You don't have time to evaluate Hidden fees, transparent, disclosed fees. doesn't matter what the fees are. If you're making a snap judgment and a snap emotional decision, you don't have time to do your own research to find out what's best for you. So that's why you want to create a plan and a strategy, guidance performance strategy, to do what's right for you, not what's right for the institution or the salesperson. Take your time build the and build a strategy. <clears throat> We're going to have a graph up here just to expand on this. So look at the graph and look at the tax brackets. Okay. People think, again, RSP season, buying a whole bunch of RSPs and taking myself from that 53% tax bracket, oh my gosh, I bought so much in RSPs, I'm down at the 28% tax bracket. I've won. Uh, no, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client. You've lost. Do the math. If you're in a 53% tax bracket and you buy so much in RSPs, you put yourself in a 38% tax bracket. What's the difference, Dave? I'm going to hit you with a tough one here between okay. 53 and 38. How much is the difference? Between 3 and 38. No, thir- between 53 and oh, 38. 53. And okay. 38. What's the difference? What's the number? Uh, I don't know, 25, I don't know. This is why I do this and you do sports. Okay. Um, 15. Okay. 
So what does that really mean? Well, if you bought so much in RSPs, you put yourself from a 53% tax bracket to a 38% tax bracket, okay. you just left Justin Trudeau 15% on the table. You gave him back 15%. That's not smart financial planning. Do you know how hard it is to make 15%? It's not easy. Yeah. So do proper tax planning. Again, where they say, just because you can buy RSPs doesn't mean you should. And I'm going to give you a true story, Dave, that'll illustrate this for you. We can move okay. on to the next item you have on your list on the prices right here. So okay. we had a client come in, new client, uh, listener on the radio and the television. And he got a new job and had a great year and got a big promotion and got a big bonus and had good income, very high. And he was given a $50,000 bonus. And he said, what do I do? He said, I'd like to put $25,000 of it into an RRSP. How much is my tax refund and my savings? He saved $11,300 right off the top. So as he thinks, geez, 25 grand, I've started my retirement. I've got a good kickstart to my RRSP plan. But I'm also getting back 11 grand that I can use for savings or whatever. And he said to our tax person in our office, well, let's put the whole bonus in because the guy had the room and he had the income. Let's put all $50,000 into the RSP. Wow, I'm going to get back, you know, 22,000 and change. That's awesome. 50,000 of my retirement and it really only costs me 38,000 because I have 22 in my pocket. Not so fast. We ran the numbers. So we went from 25,000 with an $11,000 refund to 50,000 in the RSP, and guess what the refund went to? Ding, 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 $11,500. It went up by $200, because look at that chart we had up. He dropped so many tax brackets, he got nothing back. So tell me, does it really make sense to buy that much during RRSP season? <laughs> No, you just cost yourself a whole bunch of money, left it on the table with the government because you didn't do proper tax planning. And tax planning is a key part of the RRSP planning. It's about doing the math, which you, you can math, do it's a all lot about better. Math and yes, yes, which you do a lot better than I do, as you know. So why don't we create uh, a TFSA season. Why don't we do one of those? You've read my mind. God, I didn't even okay. write that down for you too. That's impressive. Um, yeah, because here's the thing. Make your TFSA, talk to your portfolio yeah. management company, which we've talked a lot about. Make your TFSA the same risk, the same goal, the same asset class. If, if, if the portfolio manager says that's a good thing. As your RSP, in other words, Make your TFSA an investment account as okay. opposed to a short-term savings account. Now, just let me back up one step just to, for full disclosure here and full transparency. Yep. If your goal is something very short-term, saving for a car or paying off some bills or whatever the case may be, a TFSA in a short-term savings account is okay. Don't get me wrong. That's okay. But for the most part, again, you're not paying any tax on the growth. Put your money in your TFSA as long as you have room. Make it a long-term investment account, whichever portion of that TFSA is for retirement. 
wait to the end of the year and then evaluate with your registered financial planner who they should have a tax department in their office on how much of that TFSA should be moved to an RRSP. So you've been making great money on the TFSA. It's got growth and you can actually use tax-free growth on your TFSA to supplement your RSP. You get the best of both worlds. That's the way the two of them work together and can make you a lot more money and help you reach your goals a lot faster because now you're using, in a sense, found money to fund your RSP. So imagine this, Dave. Think about the math okay. on this without really doing the math. You use tax-free growth in a TFSA to get a 42 or 48 or whatever your tax bracket sure. is deduction on an RSP. You just won twice. Yeah. There's smart financial planning. Don't work harder, work smarter. Yeah. And that is, that is the way uh, to get your TFSA best served. Can we just put a big exclamation point behind that? Absolutely. That's the best way to get it done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And here's the thing, uh, just an education piece, because you know I love to educate people. But Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Here's the thing. Review your TFSA with your registered financial planner in roughly November or December. Uh, there's a reason why, especially when you're maximized. Like right now, the maximum limit in 2021 for a TFSA is 75500 lifetime deposit, not limit of growth, but that's how much you're allowed to deposit in your TFSA. So say you've got a TFSA with the maximum and it's currently worth a hundred grand. You've had okay. it there for a while. It's built up, whatever. Okay. And you want to pull out, you know, 25,000 of money. Well, look at doing it in no November or December. Reason being, once the calendar turns to January 1st, the 25,000, so the, whatever you take out can be put back into your TFSA plus whatever next year's allotment for deposit is. So a lot of people, it's like, use your TFSA to fund your RSP, but maybe in a, in a really good comprehensive plan, you also have what's called taxable account or non-registered investments. Then you can use the growth on those to refund or rebuild your TFSA. So remember we talked in an earlier episode about how financial planning and the Omni formula is really a mathematical puzzle. It's really a money puzzle putting it together. Making a change or an alteration or an adjustment and using your TFSA as a retirement strategy along with your RSP actually affects two or three other things along the way. And sure. that's why you've got to really build that relationship with your registered financial planner and make them part of every financial discussion so that you do the right thing that's best for you. Well, how does this all tie together with what we're, you're just talking about, which is the Omni Formula Financial Plan? I mean, this to me seems to be the cornerstone. It is on the investment side. It is. Yeah, okay. the, I mean, you also got the, the insurance side, which is another episode and so on. But when we're talking RRSPs and TFSAs, you really want to build the bridge between those two things and get two things working for you instead of one thing. Because sure. part of doing a financial plan is not just investing money, it's taking money, it's spending money, it's enjoying life. 
So when you have a TFSA, you have potentially tax-free money you can take along the way when you need it. Um, you know, we're out of the pandemic and I see a great opportunity to go to Maui and do a trip or I see a great opportunity to go to Mexico. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, the stars have shown and Australia has opened up. They're talking about being closed till 2023, but whatever. You okay. want to go somewhere and the TFSA is tax-free money. So great as an emergency fund too, tax-free money that's readily available. But remember this, Dave, you can have multiple TFSAs. The limit of contributions is the key thing that the government cares about, that's 75,500. But you may have $10,000 in a daily interest TFSA. I know it's making hardly anything, but at least you're not paying tax on the money. And that might be used for your short-term goals, paying the Christmas bill, paying um, your car or your home insurance bill, when those things come, or property taxes for that matter. At least sure. you're making something on that money. And then with your registered financial planner, you open another TFSA and you call that kind of the retirement TFSA because having tax-free money at retirement to supplement your RRSP, which is all taxable at retirement, is okay. a good thing. So now you kind of see the synergy of how the two things work together. And you truly do use your TFSA to feed your RRSP so you're not sucked into a RRSP season at the financial institution. Okay. Um, and that, that way you're, you got everything on side working together. It's a lot sure. easier when all your money and your plan pull in the same direction. To simplify it, would it be easy to simply say, look, lower tax is not always about saving tax. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, great. You, 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 you see, I can educate you in this stuff yet. I'm um, learning. You're As learning. I go along, I'm learning slowly, but I'm learning. We will train you yet. Um, <laughs> but it's true because people, well, people equate a tax refund to being a good accountant, but it's not about refunds, about saving, because you'll get people who will do this with the RSP and go, geez, my accountant or my financial person told me my $10,000 of RSP was a 42% refund. Why didn't I get back $4,200? Why did I only get back... $2,200. Well, you still saved $4,200. The problem was in the previous version, you owed the government money. So now it's yeah. tax savings. It's not just refund. Take, um, and, and to you know, help educate people on that, what you just said, Dave, take 2020 as a great example. There was massive growth in the markets, in the investment markets, the last half of 2020 after that 36% collapse in the equity market when yeah. COVID hit, and then it recovered quite well. So a lot of people who have what's called non-registered, or as I said, taxable investments, these investments grew by numbers that are normally related to three years of growth. So they made huge capital gains. So they may have a tax plan to write off things to offset normal growth of five, six, seven, maybe even 8%. But 
but they didn't do enough tax planning to offset the growth of 35, 37, 38%, which we saw in a lot of cases. Yeah. Get used to that, people. It's a blip on the radar. So they owed tax money where they normally get refunds. They didn't have tax savings. They had a tax bill. But you got to look at the big picture. Yeah. If you made 38%, you have a tax bill. We call those, what kind of problems do we call those, Dave? Cadillac problems. There you go. You got it. <laughs> ding, 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 you win. That's exactly it. So if you had to take some of that growth and pay the tax man, yeah. where you normally yeah. your plan is built on 6 or 7%, you made 35%. Yeah. Yeah, you can live with that for one year. Okay. I mean, it's okay. Now, have you helped clients, you know, with a strategy for both RRSPs and TFSAs, you know, that, that fit their financial needs? I mean, putting these two together and making it work. It's all the same discussion. You bet. When you're building yeah. the roadmap with our GPS, with our Omni formula, the TFSA and the RSP are equal. One is not... Okay higher up on the scale than the other. They're both part of the plan. The key is that S word, not the one I normally use sometimes, um, is, <laughs> is uh, been caught. Uh, never on air though. Um, it's, it's, family show, family yeah, show. Is strategy. That's the key is yeah. the strategy. What do we need in TSA? Because imagine this, you're a worker, working hard, working you and your spouse, working for that money, working for that pension, and you have a really, really good pension but you're not in the highest income bracket. TFSA may be more important for your plan than RSP because if you build up so much in RSP money, that's a lot of taxable money at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So having a TFSA um, to help give you tax-free money when retirement hits yeah. is key. It's really important. So that's where the TFSA maybe stronger in your plan than an RSP. But yeah. you don't know that yeah. unless you build a plan and look at all the factors. It's your money and all those questions need to be asked to give you the proper guidance in building that plan. A few of the things I do want to touch on, and the first is, how crazy is this that you've got so many Canadians that have got money in the bank, which is not even keeping pace with inflation? I mean, they've just got like a like savings account with just money in the bank. That's nuts. Talk That's to insane. me about this. You're losing money. Let's yes. say inflation is 3% and your money is in a TFSA. I want to clarify this. That's not for that short-term savings plan. You have no intention of touching that money for years and years and years. And you're right. making a quarter or a half a percent. You're re There's something called real return on investment. So your real return, if inflation is three and you're earning half a percent, your real return is minus 2.5. I know, Dave, math is not your thing, but you can even do that one. Well, you're losing you know, Einstein. Yeah, you're equals MC squared. Um, you're yeah. losing money if you do it that way. So you've got to look at how does my money, even my short-term savings, keep pace with inflation as best I can. So only okay. put the money in short-term savings that really needs to be in short-term savings. Let the rest of the money do the trick for you and make money and making that money tax-free is even better, obviously. And that's why getting back to episode one there, season two, when we talked about an emergency fund, but it really does yeah. play into this TFSA conversation nicely. 
if you can have the emergency funds, so if you own your own property, you have a mortgage, et cetera, having a, um, a secured line of credit built in as part of your mortgage, that's secured, it's secured to your mortgage, which gives you a really low interest rate, is really a good emergency fund because currently money's cheap. And if you have that yeah. as your emergency fund and your TFSA is really like we talked about it, built as a TFIA, more of a long-term investment account. And I'm not in the market timing, but when you're, if you review things regularly and say you needed that emergency fund for emergencies and you use that line of credit with cheap interest, you can always go into your TFSA or IA, take out profit and pay down those bills. Yeah. That's smart financial planning. There's not one product that makes a plan. It's a combination of five, six, seven different things. The mortgage, the line of credit, the TFIA essay, the RRSP. I mean, your insurance, et cetera. All these things work together hand in hand and complement each other to build the proper plan. And that's because financial plans, Dave, are solution-based, yeah. not product-based. Everything has to work together to get you from point A to B and C. Well, as part of, of this plan, the Omni plan that, that you've just been talking about, and it is a plan, I, I, I fully get that. But what is the number one thing, the number one thing that you're now advising your clients to do right on the very top of the list? Well, there's about two things, but we'll go with the first thing. First thing, okay. get a will. This is a whole other episode. Okay. Second thing, yeah. Yeah. find a good registered financial planner and get a plan. Don't, okay. don't buy into projections and products. Get organized. And here's the thing. Once you get a plan, a lot of people have a lot of angst and anxiety when talking, coming in to talk about RSPs and plans and TFSAs, whatever the case may be. What the plan does is really gets things organized to give you a clear picture of your financial situation. And having a clear picture of your financial situation, good, bad, or otherwise, puts you at ease because now you can work with your registered financial planner and build a strategy to tackle whatever eludes you. Whatever shows up in the initial plan that's missing, you now know what it is. And that alleviates the stress more than anything. Coming in and me working on a plan and saying, wow, you're already on track to reach 100% of your goals. Well, once you're there, a lot, a lot of work for me to do. I love the plans when someone comes in and I go, you're 47% of the way there. Don't be discouraged. That's a good thing. Let's put our boots on and get to work. Now we're going to work to get you to 50, 55. And, and, and as long as you see progress every year, that's the key. And sometimes... And I'll use an example from last week. Sure. Going from 47% to 67 to 68% is as simple as getting rid of embedded fees that are eating away at your savings and going to lower disclosed fees in an actively managed portfolio that works for you. That difference between not just fees, so I want to be clear, yep. but between fees and active management, what if that's a 4% swing? Not all of that being fees, by the way, just to be clear. Yep. Fees might be a percent and a half of that, maybe even a percent. But 
every percent in your pocket is better in your pocket than in the salesman's pocket yeah. or the mutual fund company's pocket. So, and then, you know, saving a percent and then getting an actual, getting actual advice and guidance is the key. And suddenly you, wait a minute, you have 20 years till retirement. And suddenly you've gone from 47% to 68 or 70 or whatever that case may be. That is huge. And that's empowering. I mean, you now feel like you have control of your life and control of your money. Now, for those that are in retirement, okay, that have crossed that line, um, the key again You've never is, been known is, to cross a line, Dave. No, Come on. No, well, yeah. it was the 80s. It was a different time. Okay. okay. Anyway, uh, having said that, uh, okay, Richard's what were we talking about? Okay, taxes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that place is closed now, is it? So I'm okay. Right. Yeah, you closed Richard's it. <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Where's, Back to the where's topic. Bruce Allen? Where's Bruce Allen when I need him? Okay. Um, what Across the street, oh, taxes, actually. Taxes, yes. Yeah, right next door. <laughs> uh, taxes, that's what we're talking about. Um, when I'm taking money out, I don't want to pay taxes, okay? I'm retired. H how do I avoid this? Because the tax man doesn't go away. Build a tax plan. That should be a key part of your financial plan yeah. is, is getting you to that finish line of retirement. But the finish line of retirement of getting retired is really the starting line of your, your next estate plan, if you will. Yeah, so now it's sure. going in, looking at how do I use my TFSAs as part of my income to lower my tax at retirement, to take away some of that pressure on my RSPs, which now become a RIF, your, all these acronyms. Your RRSP becomes an RRIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund. Now, here's what people think because this is what they're told from the people who like the commission. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. They're told, well, you don't turn your RSP into a RIF until you're 71. No, what? again, wrong. The actual yeah. truth is you have to turn your RSP into a RIF by the time you're 71. But what if you're 60, you're retired, and you have all these different sources of income? And you can start cashing in your RSP slash RIF in a 20% tax bracket by doing it now when you originally bought it, say, at a 48% tax bracket. Do the math, Dave. Come on. 28% yeah. savings on the tax. Yeah. So that's part of what the estate and the tax plan and the retirement plan is. How to spend money that I saved 48 or 42 or even if it's 38% on and cash it in at 20. So just because you're told RSPs are age 71, no, you can do them earlier. And I've got an exact example. I have a client who is in her previous life, was a CPA and accountant for a very large BC company. She was it. She turned 60, she retired. She has, they have, her and her husband have a lot of investments. They have a lot of money, which is called taxable or non-registered. They have a lot of TFSA, both of them maxed. And they have about, in their portfolio of money, they have about $650,000 of RSP, now RIF money. Well, when you deal with, and we're talking about tax planning, when you deal with a portfolio management company who has the full transparency, the set disclosed fees, et cetera, on non-registered money, those fees are 
fully tax deductible. Great way to help your retirement. So not only is the fee lower, okay. it's fixed, it's transparent, it's also a write-off. So to make a long story even longer, um, okay. this person we're talking about, no names, is taking out about thirty-two dollars to $33,000 a year between her and her husband of their now RIF money, which is only growth. They're not even touching principal, and they're paying zero tax. So she's an accountant, remember. Took a bit to explain it. When she saw it, she thought, oh, my God, I've been an idiot. She said, I bought all those RSPs in a 48 to 52% tax bracket in a previous life in BC, and I'm cashing them in at zero. Now, there's a bit more planning that goes into it that's for another episode, but, but the non-registered money is a major part of it. She's like, I've just won the lottery. Like, the government is getting nothing. And besides making interest on all that money all those years, now I'm not even paying the tax back. That's the lotto max of financial yeah. planning. When you can buy RSPs and not even give any of the tax back to the government. But that doesn't happen at 65 or 70 years old by walking into someone's office. That starts with good planning in your 30s and 40s to get to that stage later on. That's the key. Everybody has their own story. And, and the one you've just told is, is amazing because I've, I've never heard that before. But as I said, every single individual has got their own issues, their own <laughs> history, whatever you want to call it. So how do they move from this podcast to talk to you directly? So they can they can get this information that affects exactly what they need to know. How, well, how, does, how does that happen? Go to everythingfinancial.com. Um, look up one of our administrative assistants there who you can book an appointment with. Send an email. Send an email to, you know, the and I know on the screen there we'll put the Your Money Podcast email. So you can just send an email directly to the company and we'll be in touch with you. We'll book an introductory meeting which is, again, we're solution-based, we're not sales-based. All we're doing in that meeting is really just trying to gather information from you, show you the roadmap of the Omni formula, and see if it's a good fit. And you know what? We're fortunate from the things we do and word has spread. We get a lot of calls and a, and a lot of people reaching out between the podcast, the, the radio, the television. And if we're not a good fit and we don't think we can truly help you, we're not going to waste your time and ours, but we'll point you in the right direction of where you should go. And, and I've, I've had recently someone where it just wasn't the right time for them with us. They didn't need us. They needed some other help uh, at this point in their lives. And a week later, I get a call from a friend of theirs to do a financial plan because we were honest enough to say, we're not right for you. And I guess they thought of a friend who said, you know what, these guys will be perfect for you. It's not really good for me yet. But but reach out by email, reach out by the website, reach out with the toll-free 888-424-4421 phone number. And we try and make sure we get back to everyone who reaches out within 24 hours um, to book that meeting with me or one of our many associate advisors. Um, I'm just going to expand on that a bit, Dave, so people know. Sure. People go, well, do I meet with Peter? Do I meet with this? Do I meet with that? And we talked about this before. No one 
at everything financial is a commission salesperson. Everyone is salary. Everyone is solution-based financial planning. And we work as a team. Everybody in our company will work with you, the client, on your plan. I'll do some of the work. You'll meet with me in some meetings, not all meetings, because there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And we don't like people to have to wait when they're really looking for a solution to their financial issues. So you, anyone you meet with is 100% qualified. They will start you on the plan because I equate this to our plan is like building a Big Mac. There's only one way to build a Big Mac. Okay. Um, and the process has to be the same all the time or you're not going to get two proper layers, right? Well, the financial plan with the Omni formula is a process. And all of us know, and I've trained them all. I mean, I created the plan, yes, but I also train all our people in the process. So we all follow the same system. So you could be in our White Rock office and meet with Vitri, who besides being, uh, and you've seen him in earlier podcasts, besides being one of our associate advisors, is also our in-house mortgage specialist. So you could meet with him one meeting to do a plan and get an introduction but your travels take you to Langley just because it's the, it's the only office where you could fit in the next meeting. And maybe you work with Derek in that next meeting and sure. he'll have all Vitri's notes and be able to, and the whole system in our Omni formula, and they'd be able to pick up that meeting as if you were still sitting with Vitri. And D Derek, I mean, everyone at, fin at Everything Financial brings another role to the table. So Vitri, as I mentioned, mortgage specialist, and we stole him from one of those companies. Just you know, so uh, He saw the light, and it wasn't a train coming at him. He, 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 but he'll tell you, you've heard him in episodes, he'll tell you, I mean, sure. he did this because he wants to be more than just pulling out mortgages. He wants to be giving people solutions. So, but Derek is just finishing his last year of school to be a CPA. So we have another accounting specialist as an associate advisor. And then maybe the third meeting in when we're going through some stuff, the schedule works with me and it's White Rock, it's here, or you just got transferred to Victoria and I see you in the Victoria office. Or you've decided COVID's over, you wanna golf and Peter, I know it's tough, but will you meet me in the Scottsdale office? Can't happen. Um, and you'd really have to twist my arm for that one yeah, <laughs> in, the middle, yeah, no of, in the middle of a Vancouver winter. Um, sure. Yeah, but, but just reach out. You will find no pressure. And someone sent me recently a, a, a viewer and they came in and we did a, we did a meeting and they said, don't take this the wrong way. And it's like, oh gosh, where are we going with that one? <laughs> yeah, you know what that's like, comes. Dave? You've here been doing TV for 40 yeah. years, you know. Yeah. And they said, don't take this the wrong way. This is a compliment. But you almost seem like you don't care. And they said, I can tell by your passion you care. Yeah. But you almost seem like you don't care in a way. And they thought, and that was a compliment they paid me. And I said, well, it's true because I'm passionate about doing the plan and creating the Omni formula. But I'm more passionate when the client has some skin in the game and takes interest and they want to do the plan. So that's what it is, is we, we don't want to drag someone in kicking or screaming to do this thing that can be very intimidating sometimes. It shouldn't be, but it can be. We want them to come in when they're ready and they've made the commitment. And I think I heard it best oh, a couple of weeks ago in a meeting where a client was literally dragged in by her brother-in-law. She's going to watch this and I'm wow. talking about her. 
and he made her come in and she said, I'm the hot mess express <laughs> when it comes to my finances. This scares the crap out of me. And all I've been doing is I just keep putting in a drawer, putting in a drawer. And the brother-in-law who she's close to has been a client for quite a few years now. We've made a lot of great advances with his plan. He even just did move. And, and so it's, it's been pretty cool. And by the end of the meeting, you know, because she was nervous the whole time and really felt intimidated coming in. By the end of the meeting, her mind was at ease and that folder she puts in a drawer, she just went, here, let's get started. Like she says, I, I didn't realize it was that easy and that informative. And is it like that all the time? No, I hope it is. I mean, we try and do it with all of our people, but that's the key. Your money, not mine. Get started today, but make the commitment to at least do the introduction and see what your situation is like or, or see what we're all about. And then once you've done that, start on the plan when you're ready. And if that's six months down the road, we'll welcome you back with open, open arms. If it's, and we've had people come in two years later and then they go, you know, I just never got around to it. I'll do this. We're not going to bug you, your money, get started, find out what we're all about and then make the commitment to take control of your money and make your financial life better. Yeah. And understand that one size just does not fit all and you, you get it. Yeah. yeah. That's what Absolutely. it's all about. Yeah. Peter, as always, great to talk to you. Um, we're going to do this again real, real soon. To say the least, I'm taking notes and I'm learning things as well. So well, this must be working. <laughs> it is. Episode three, Dave, just so you know, yes. episode okay. three is going to be how to make your mortgage in Canada tax deductible, how you can write off that interest. Think about it. Your mortgage is one of your biggest assets. It's your biggest, it's, it's one of the biggest things beside your ability yeah. to make an income and earn money with your health. The mortgage is it. So imagine writing off that interest and creating a huge tax deduction. We'll, we will show the, the viewer ways to knock their amortization in half with tax wow. deductibility of a mortgage. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, me too. Thanks again, Peter. We will talk again soon. You bet, and That's Dave. not Thanks a promise. A it's not a promise. It's a threat. You know that. It's a threat. And it's a Dave Pratt guarantee. <laughs> and it's a guarantee. You bet. <laughs> Thanks very much for you listening and watching um, on our YouTube channel. And we'll talk to you uh, soon on season two. Uh, it's Your Money, Personal Finance Podcast. But again, thanks again, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave.